Just a quick note to say that this episode is fraught with audio issues. My microphone had a really bad background hum on it, and Udi's microphone just wasn't very good. But we've edited it as best we can, so hopefully you can forgive the odd glitch here and there. Welcome to episode 229 of TechSync, hosted by myself, Justin Vincent, Jason Roberts. And today, um, Jason, myself, and Udi are sitting around the table here, uh, ready to record another episode of TechSync, and we're very excited about it, I think. <laughs> you think? I think. You excited? Yeah. Why not? So, uh, you guys are heading out to Chicago tomorrow, right? Yep. So, this is the last of Udi? Then you're uh, hopefully not the last of Udi. <laughs> <laughs> I hope not. <laughs> So you're going to Chicago for a week to do uh, some work with Digidoo. We go to Chicago for a few days, and then I'm going to New York, and Justin will be back. And yeah, we'll, we'll be in the schools that have Digidoo in them. How many schools are there? There's three schools at this stage. Okay, so that's your beta, yeah. beta group testing yeah, still, still group? Like, yeah, still working it out. Okay, so that's good. So you can see what's working, what's not, yeah. everything. And then why are you going to New York? Uh, visit my uh, family. I have family. in. Oh, okay. So, um, you guys were just at Target buying Udi clothes. Yeah, except that, except the Target, of course, in uh, Pasadena, have no hot, have no warm clothes. Yeah, why were you going there? Uh, it was just the first place we thought of going. Very REI. Oh yeah. Yeah, if you want to get like some winter stuff. Yeah. Um, you could either go to REI or you could go to the Sports Chalet. They have a lot of stuff for, you know, ski, snowboarding kind of stuff and related. So. I would head up there. <laughs> yeah, Target. I mean, you know, you're not. It's not going to be any selection for cold weather clothing, especially the winter's almost over. You know, my guess. So uh, cool. So, what was it like to live inside a Texing episode? <laughs> um, <laughs> or at least Justin's half of it. Yeah. Well, it, it, it was good. As I said before, it's really, it's really real. You have the same relationship outside of Texing. Right. So <laughs> that's good. It's, it, we know that you don't fake any of these discussions. Uh, and it was interesting. It's still unbelievable. And it's still, like not realistic. But it's yeah, happening. it's like culture shock. Or you just get thrown into this new world for a yeah. few weeks. And that's, uh, that's yeah. cool. So are you going to be coming back at some point? Um, I don't know. Maybe. Maybe I'll come back this summer. Ah, cool. Yeah, because your dad's coming over this summer, right? Yeah, I'm supposed to, yeah. So you've been here, what, three weeks? Two weeks? Uh, three Three weeks and then I'll be. So, did you get done what you guys were trying to get done? Well, or? we worked a lot more than we usually work. Like when I worked from Israel, but we did a lot of legacy stuff. So we hoped to do more of the new system. Yeah, like, because we have like basically the stuff that I'd written before that is deployed in the schools. Right. And um, obviously, that was the first pass. That was like the the ugly version, yeah. right? Mm -hmm. And we're supposed to go to the next version, but unfortunately. We have like actual people that we're dealing with, so they needed new stuff and new features, which was impossible to build on a new system because that's not deployed. So we had to build that on the legacy system. Hopefully, there's, I guess, it's sort of like seventy percent copyable and pasteable. You know that kind of a way, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So at least it's not totally lost work, right? Yeah. Yeah, well, I know it's frustrating, but that's the reality of software. Is sometimes yeah. you have two parallel systems and you have to somehow manage that. You got to move forward. You get you get calls from the field like we need this bug fix. We have to have this feature in. Yeah, and you're like we're like 
two weeks away from the new system. <laughs> you know, why are we doing this? But so there was a lot of progress, but not always on the right direction. Not not on the direction we hope that you wanted to spend time on. Right. Yeah. Well, that's cool. We're good. And uh, we've you know we've been having a developing our relationship, our working relationship. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> I want to hear about that. <laughs> this is the good stuff. Well, you know, Justin is a very special developer. And <laughs> he likes to do stuff in a certain way that no one else in the world likes to do. Right. Like that. Uh, it was a challenge, but you know, we, I think we'll be fine. Right. Yes, I think, you know, I think part of it is that it's probably with any developer who's been around long enough, you've developed your own sort of habits, tools, and techniques, and the rest of the world moves forward. Now, and the, the tools change and the techniques change because, um, you know, they just evolve. What's public available evolves. The way people think about problems evolves. And, but you're 100% productive <laughs> with what you're doing. Right. And so you're not, it's sort of like you can't teach old dogs new tricks. It's just because the old dog has tricks. They have the old dog has tricks that work, and so the old dog is like, I don't necessarily want to learn these new tricks, and 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 I and I because I'm I'm similar, right? Like, you know, and I I'll, I'll give an explanation maybe later on another topic that's um kind of a good example, but you know I think that's just part of it, right? I mean, I don't think you, that's exactly what's going like, on. But sometimes it's not the tricks; it's the spelling of some stuff. <laughs> so he was used to write parms without like with not params but parms without the a the second a. Just parms. And yeah, wow. so he started building this new system with the misspelled word. <laughs> and he's like telling me, look, please, just write it this way. Please, I'm begging you, don't write it parms because all the system is already parms. Because, and the, because obviously it'd be confu- confusing to have too. So uh, actually, Why do you just do a re- replace all? There, there's, there's some background to this. So um, so when I was working at Reed Elsevier, I was working with Bill. And my, I've got two really bad habits from Bill and they're like so ingrained. Well, I don't, one of them's not necessarily bad, but anyway, this one's bad. So he always called parameters, whenever, whenever he was going to you know, uh, initialize a parameters variable, he would always call it PARMS, P-A-R-M-S. That was just the way he did it. Anyway, so I worked there for four years and we had like thousands of lines of code, right? Okay. And so since then, uh, I, I had never really used a parameters variable before, that, but then after that, I found that that was a really good thing to do. So anyway, so since then, I just did, I always called it PARMS. Mm-hmm. I have like thousands, hundreds of thousands of lines of code using palms all over the place and the problem is is that if <laughs> if we work on you know if, if we work on the new project it's gonna be difficult because he's gonna have params and i'm gonna have palms and that's gonna cause you confusion. start a new project with like the lessons you learned from the, from the last one so like you know start a new habit a better one <laughs> well, no but the thing about it is it, it, it never actually came up until you were there like no one's ever said mentioned uh-huh. that right? so, <laughs> and now i'm coming back to israel and i'm going to infect other developers <laughs> with this Parm, the parms virus <laughs> right so so well, the, now you can feel my pain so no one ever mentioned <laughs> exactly that. But, but the other thing about the old dog and the new tricks that's not exactly correct because um i haven't exactly stuck the same to, to, to coding the same way that i do four years ago like i'm developing it's just that I, i'm a different mutation so I'm doing new stuff for me. I'm, I'm rethinking how I'm doing stuff, but I've gone off this different mutation sideways. So the stuff that I'm doing is very current to me, mm-hmm. but it's, it's not what I did a year ago and it's not what I did two years ago. And it's like every year it advances and I kind of learn new lessons. So it's just that I'm so on such a tangent at this stage. <laughs> just as parallel universe. Yeah. Well, like double dollar, it's a very different framework than other JavaScript frameworks out there. It's very Justin-like. Right. So... 
Why do you call it Justin.js? <laughs> but also, we, we've had like a few kind of disagreements, like the one about the API. Like, yeah. Like so. <laughs> <laughs> I want to hear about this one. So I'll give you an example. Okay. Let's say Colby wants a toy. Okay. And you buy him a toy. And it's a quite expensive toy. And then you give him this toy. Three days later, he breaks it. That's what Justin did with the API, basically. Like, very similar to it. I had this perfect, testable, nice, nicely done API. And we're starting to integrate a double dollar to it. And then it's just starting to be different. The API became, like, stateful. It has, like, users' cookies in it. And we share the session ID between the client and the API itself, which is a big no-no. And none of the tests work anymore, of course. Um, you have something to say? Yeah, sure. So, so the, the, the main argument has been about, about a stateful API versus a stateless API, right? And should an API have a session or not? So it's actually quite difficult to make a JavaScript application work with an API that doesn't have a session. Which is another subject. A backend like, have application you ever, have in front of you ever been able to do, I mean, yeah. I, I would have thought that Prezo, for example, when the user was using JavaScript and it was connecting to the server, they had a session. Yeah, well, okay. Um, well, the, of course, that was written in 2006, right? So it wasn't, that was kind of before the API became the standardized uh, concept. It was closer to an R RPC. And um, yeah, I mean, it, uh, so the, it wasn't like the API stood separately from the app itself, right? The Ajax, you know, the Ajax calls would go to the, to the API um, endpoints. But yeah, and, and, and knew about the session. But that was again, it wasn't something that sat that sat separately that was disconnected. But like, how, I mean, the, the thing the thing about it is, is with JavaScript, you can't actually have a stateless API. You can't do it without sessions, because because basically the way an API works is you you get um, credentials like validation credentials. And the whole point about stateless, what it means what it means is it doesn't mean that your your app doesn't have state and doesn't know about the user connecting. It means that Every time you send something, that's everything that's needed. Like, that's, that's everything that's needed for a handshake for it to be like a valid connection. So you send the credentials, and then based on the credentials, the server knows, okay, this is the person who's connecting to me. Now I do stuff based on this person. That's the main disagreement we have, because what Udi wants to do is to send the user ID of the person that you're affecting. Mm -hmm. so, in, so in other words, yeah. but, but the problem is you can't do that in JavaScript, because I could, ha I could go into the DOM, and, and if, I, if I was sending a call that was, say, make this user ID an administrator, if, if, if basically I sent my user ID, which is what he's saying, so I send my user ID via the API, I'm the user, mm -hmm. um, and I want the back end to trust that that's me, like, you can't really do that. You have to do it via a session, because I could just hack it in but JavaScript. You can copy it. user ID and session ID the same way. You can make the, the same call with the session ID that we have now, and you'll, uh, you'll have the same result. It's still hackable. So... But much less hackable. It's much easier to go into the DOM and change the the user ID that's being sent. What well, no, just using a token? I mean, that's usually solved with sending a, a user token, right? Well, that's the same as a session. Yeah, but you just can send that. I mean, that well, is, the, that's, okay, that's okay, what here, session here's is. The other thing, though, is what the the way that I do it, the way I built the API so for the Catalyst API, yeah. is you uh, you prepend the uh, the user name password through the calls. Yeah, so, that's so, the so, HTTP authentication. Yeah, that's I, I use basic. HTTP basic yeah. HTTP authentication. That's how you do it for like mobile apps. But the problem with that is that, that then JavaScript is, is, is exposed. 
So yeah. he's afraid that people will see. And I, I'm agree. I agree with him. So maybe JavaScript and double dollar is not the right solution. But I, I guess what you could do is you, if you did it over SSL, then it wouldn't be an issue. That's what I'm saying. You do yeah. stuff over SSL. So, but what if one of the students gets his teacher's computer and then like sees the calls from the application, like console inspect element, like network tab. Right. So, what's the? Have you done any research on like what's the standard? No, this way? is the thing. He's only got problems. He's got no solution. He de- he doesn't come to me and say, "Look, this is how we should do it." He's just but saying, "Oh man, here, I really hate what we're doing." Okay. Well, it's got to be. But gotta the be fact that we're using JavaScript limits the, what we can do. He wants to just not use JavaScript at all. It should all be a PHP app, not a JavaScript app. I think. I mean, I think that there's. Um, I mean, I have. I, I haven't. Like I said, I haven't developed a full-fledged, self-standing stateless api so i don't have the ready answer but it sounds like this is a i mean this is probably something that's been solved a million times this is like there's got to be the uh, an obvious way to deal with this so i mean the, the way i the way i was doing it is that i would have um yeah so i would create two ways to use the api this is just for for a catalyst right so this is just what i did get it to work so if there was, it would check to see if there was a session, and if there was a session, it would get the information on that. If not, it would check if there was basic authentication, and then it would it would uh, query the user data. I, I don't think that the issue here is about the way that the authentication happens. Like, it could be done with a session, it could be done stateless or whatever. Like, I agree that that should change the way that it is, isn't the perfect way. The issue is, is Udi's interpretation of a stateless API. Because when... If it's me connecting to the server, I'm, I'm a user, right? I'm Justin. Do I have permissions to do something like, you know, can I promote this person to admin? Well, the only way it should be able to tell it's me is based on the logged in session. Right, you know what I'm saying? Rather than that. sending my ID, you know, and saying, because that would be very easy for me to spoof. I just don't, I can't think of right, any reason right. well, to that... write an API where you would send both the user that you are as, as a parameter and also the user that you want to affect as a parameter. That's so hackable. That just doesn't make sense. Right, right. Well, I mean, so one way to do it. So, okay. Well, the first thing is like I, like I was suggesting, I just did it, you know, for internal, there was internal, if it was internal API, we look for a session. Otherwise, we use a basic authentication. So either would work, right? Right, but it's, it's a session. Okay, so, right. so when you do stuff on the server, I, it's When based I do on, stuff, when it's an Ajax call, yeah. it's, it, does, it looks up session information. But it's, it's, it's based on the logged in, the, yeah. the, that logged in yeah. person rather right. than you sending the parameter, oh, this, this parameter, this is me. You wouldn't do that, right? But the API can recognize the user afterwards without any call? Um, you, you send the, the credentials for each call? Uh. Yeah, I would send. Um, I'm trying to think here. What would I do? Because that's what what I read that most people that they send these for each call. They send the credentials, and the, the API doesn't really keep any. Because to me, that seems less less secure than actually establishing a session and just sending a session ID with every connect. Well, here know? here's another uh, uh, another option, which is kind of what I did, which is that you have a separate server which is which holds session as the API the API server is a separate server. And so it, you hit the session stuff, and then the set, and then the, all the, um, all of your uh, password and username stuff is is stored on that server. And so you just get the cookie information stored to you locally. So you go to that, and uh, you make a call, and it does just does like kind of a proxy through to the and passes the basic authentication. But, but uh, do you the, still send password and username every connection? So basically, that's what but I said. That's, that's the client itself. itself keeps uh, the track of the users, the cookies, and the logged in users. He manages it. Yeah. 
Yeah, I mean, that's, that seems like a good... A I mean, good, that's just one work. thing. Yeah. I mean, I have a feeling there's But it's probably... still not the best solution because JavaScript and it's all exposed and they still can do whatever. But there's kind of... There, this thing has... This problem has to have been solved in a very standard way, I mean, right? I mean, What's the standard way? You guys have... Have you guys looked up? Well, I mean... Using a RESTful API and a... I, I, I can only imagine that Twitter, right, who, who have an API, have a, sta you know, a stateless API, when people are using their web client, I, I highly doubt they're sending OAuth authenticate, you know, authenticating credentials uh, from the client. OAuth works to the differently. Well, it you sounds know? like some Google searches are in yeah. order. So that was one argument we had. But, but another point to the argument was, look, let's just stop talking about it. Like, it, it doesn't matter. It works right now. It's just going to be a few lines of code to change. You know, we, can, we can make it move forward at, at another stage. I mean, right now, we're just building something. Yeah, but he believes that... like. At this critical point, we make a decision to have something that's not the best that we can do. Mm -hmm. And he really thinks that like in a month or two from now, we will change it. It's not going to will. happen. Do you believe that? We'll have, we'll, have more, we'll have more clients. We'll have more deadlines, more feature to build. We we'll won't like go back in time like, okay, let's fix it. And then let's have all of these clients and money coming in. Yeah. It never happens. I can see that. We'll have I mean, this it really API. depends. I mean, it's, it's like, I have a feeling that Justin really believes that, and I have a feeling that if you're successful, that you really won't go back and fix it. <laughs> it's like if you if, if you are successful enough, you probably just won't have the time to refactor. It's not a lot to fix. I mean, it it isn't. Basically, it's a it's the authentication method. The only the only piece that changes is the authentication method. There's, and there's, every endpoint that has like a parameter of like uh, this user ID and not like a user ID that I get from the client. No, that's never going to happen. We're never going to send the user ID of the person connecting to the API from JavaScript, it, that's just doesn't make sense and it's insecure. The, the way you have it now is insecure as well. It's the same copy and paste, but different parameter. So you're, yeah, well, I guess that's, it those does, are probably both true. No, but, but the thing is, the way that we have it now, a session is going backwards and forwards, right? And it's a unique new session ID every time someone logs in. But the other way that he's suggesting is that someone could just open the DOM and say, oh, I'm user 1234. And then click submit and then all of a sudden they I mean it's the oldest trick in the book like that's how hotmail got hacked you know the oldest trick so in the book how, is being how, able to so say, just because someone knows your user id how do they necessarily change anything well because if i say if if i'm if i'm me okay so i'm right, user one if i'm user 1234 and you see that and you want to go and change something if you don't know no, what no, but let's let's say you're administrator so you have admin privileges right and i'm i'm another guy i'm a student i'm a kid right i go oh i'm going to i'm just going to spoof I'm going to tell the system that I'm Jason. All I need to do is to change this ID. Then, then it thinks I'm Jason. I connect to the server, and it thinks, oh, Jason's making it. That's why you need a, you you need a local you, cookie, you, your client. That's yeah. why your client's supposed to manage okay. the... I log in as a student. Now I have an active session. I then go to the DOM, and I say, right, when I send the ID of who I am, I change it to Jason's. So I've got an active session now, or an active connection. And now, when I connect to the server, it thinks... Oh, he's Jason, so he has admin privileges. He can remove the principal. You know what I'm saying? Does that make sense? I don't. I don't know. Let's. We're getting. We're getting dark okay. in the details. Right, so we'll. Enough. Yeah, we have something similar. So <laughs> let's move on. Let's talk about something else. So what else is? <laughs> what else is going on? Well, we've been talking about us for a while. So why don't you tell us what's going on with you? No, oh, I don't know. Uh, well, what about Catalyst? What about it? The uh, recent session was quite. It was better than the previous one. Yes. Less network issues. Less, but there were still network issues. That was yeah. still like 80% yeah. of our problems were network problems. Right. So what we're going to do is we're going to put in a local server in Catalyst. Yeah. Um, and we're going to get a, we're basically going to create a mini internet. Yeah. We get a wireless router and um, 
put that in there and connect the same server that you have on the cloud, but this is the same configuration anyway, and put that just in a little local machine. And so all the kids are connecting directly to that, and then that'll be. Yeah, because it's a nightmare. I mean, one of the I, I bought two of these ten connection Verizon MiFi hotspots, thinking that you know I wasn't thinking about it very clearly, but I figured okay, well that's twenty people, twenty people. But the reality is these servers make multiple connections. I mean, these these browsers make multiple connections to yeah. the server. And I don't know if it's showing up on the um, on the MiFi. Someone does say seven are connected or five connected, but I don't think that's really accurate. I think what's happening is people make connections and it tries to make a bunch of connections really quickly um, and it can't get some through and things just fail and people and the kids are like, I don't know what's going on. Stuff's not working. And, and it manifests in all kind of weird behaviors because I didn't do... I didn't really complete the job of displaying um, network errors. Right. I wasn't saying, you know, I just kind of, some of the stuff would just be, you know, sometimes you write stuff, you're like, oh, I'll just, I'll log to the console and fail silently right now because I don't have a whole UI mechanism for displaying these errors. And so the kids are like, I don't know, my file didn't save or I can't change. Uh, and it doesn't challenges. say anything. Yeah, exactly. It doesn't change anything. I mean, I clearly, that's, that's my fault, but I was just trying to get through stuff quickly. And, and then so when the network fails or they have network problems, it's just a nightmare because the kids are just sitting there like, I don't know what's going on. And it's frustrating for them, and it's yeah. stressful for us. So, if hopefully, hopefully, this uh, having a local server will end that problem. Yeah, because that was that's just been. I a, mean, that's that you can't get better scale than that of having the server next to the people. Yeah, I think our network problems will be over. Then it'll be yeah. other things <laughs> to solve. But I like to get that one out of the way because that's a solvable problem. Yeah. Um, I thought I thought the session went pretty well. I mean, some of the kids are working on their on challenges, and some are working on their text adventure game. Although I've realized in the text adventure game, there that some of the kids, that some of the kids just really aren't ready to do it. They yeah, don't. This, it. It's like it is some complex concepts, like maintaining state. You know, like well, where yeah. you are and going up and down, and multi-dimensional arrays. Yeah, we haven't because we we we've never explained multi-dimensional arrays. That's something that nobody's had any practice on. And when you and you explained the switch statement, but that doesn't mean they had any real skill using it. They didn't no. do any challenges. So we didn't do the challenges with the switch. So and they and, and, and I don't think and we've ever done any challenges that mixed a loop with a conditional. No. Which is a big jump. So I think what I'm need to do back to this next session is we're gonna jump back and do some some uh, some basic stuff like explain what multidimensional array is, explain what the switch statements and do some uh do some challenges on that to solidify those concepts because they're kind of a little confused. They're spending a lot of time writing text to like, you're standing in front of a castle and this and that, and, but there's not much functionality because they don't understand that, you know, they, they, they can't see how to do like a, a, a world that's more than like a, a line of squares or a single array. They can't understand. Yeah, so, so Natalie thing. was getting very frustrated. So I went there and wrote a switch statement and a program and, and a loop. And basically wrote out, I don't know, like 10 different things. And I'm sitting in a box and uh, what should I do next? I basically did this whole program. So Jason didn't see that. And he came over and he was saw Natalie. And he looked at her screen and he's like, wow, that's really good, Natalie. You've really, you done something really, really good indentation. <laughs> well, everything was lined up perfectly. A lot of the kids didn't line stuff up. Right? Yeah. And when people, when the kids don't line indent things properly and things aren't lined up, I think it, it's, it's an indicator they don't really understand what's going on. Right. I mean, not always, but it's 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 kind of a it, that that that's a that's a, a red flag. The brackets me. and the semicolons, they just like what? Why? I mean, I think maybe JavaScript isn't the right language. Maybe one of those other ones where it's just like tabbed in, in. like yeah. Ruby yeah. and JavaScript. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, Python. Um, I have Python working somewhat 
And uh, I was thinking we might want to experiment with doing that, yeah. but it has, it's going to take a little more work to fully integrate it. Yeah. But um, yeah, I mean, that's why when they were starting this, I really wanted a good uh, modern basic language. I mean, language basic, right? You know, has begin and, and a loop has an end to it. It's everything's yeah. indented. I think, I think curly braces and semicolons are uh, just are very difficult for kids. I mean, they're difficult in general. I mean, as an adult, even if you're teaching an adult how to code and you show it to them, it's it's um, it's it's not as um, I don't th- I you know what I can't prove this, but it seems to me less intuitive to someone who isn't programmed to mean that things that are inside these brackets are happening are in this control structure. I think structure. so too, yeah. I think things are indented, moved over, it has more of a sense of containment. I mean, obviously, when you use br- braces, you indent anyway, but then just just to make things more readable, you're still using the braces. Anyway, the braces and the semicolons are pain. I don't think JavaScript is the easiest language in the world. It's just the fact that it works in the browser na- natively was the reason we went with it. Um, I was really disappointed. I, I, I went on Wikipedia and they had like a list of like, a hundred basics. I went through every single one of them and tried to find one that would work on multiple machines or that would work on, you know, we were on Windows and Mac and that was free because we're gonna have a lot of kids and it was a modern basic. It wasn't some old crap basic that, you know, looked like it was created in 1973. Well, you sent me a great yeah. link to, what was that? Code.org? Code.org, yeah. Yeah, this is, a, this is a great link that I would recommend for any texting listener to look at and for them to look at and to show their kids. It's just uh, a really compelling video about why you should learn to code. And it's, it's, it's people like Mark Zuckerberg. And basically, it's talking to kids. It's talking to kids, who, the kind of kids that we're trying to teach. Yeah, Bill Gates, Bill Mark, Gates Zuckerberg, Mark Zuckerberg. And, and, and even Will I am from and, the Black Eyed Peas who's taking uh, yeah. code lessons. And just, it's, just, it's just a really good video explaining. You know, I'm, not, I'm not a big fan of that. No? I'm not. No, all, all, the, all the sort of mass market cheerleading. I don't know. I mean, I kind of feel like kids are just generally interested in learning stuff anyway. I don't think you need to cheerlead them. And for this kind of thing, as you've discovered, I think as you've noticed, you, even Udi, you might have noticed the last couple of sessions, is that there's some kids who are just really, really into it. And then there's some kids that are just kind of into it. And the kids that are just kind of into it are going to fall away anyway. It doesn't matter. Yeah, but they met, like, what about their very first introduction? Like, you need a way to at least tell them. Yeah, I mean, that's fine. But it takes a lot to learn a code. And um, it's not like it was back in the day where, you know, you had your Apple IIe and it was just a command prompt and there wasn't anything, it didn't, your computer didn't do anything unless you wrote a program for it. You know, I think it's harder. It wasn't like you when you got into programming as an adult. That's different. I mean, you're talking, and, and it depends on what you're talking to. Ten, are you talking about eight-year-olds or are you talking about 16-year-olds? Because that's a completely different animal. You know, I mean, I don't know who they're marketing towards. Are they, are they marketing towards I high think, school? I think, I, think, I think maybe older than 10 anyway. High school kids, probably yeah. Yeah. Well, from, from the example, they had, they had like, like a, a dog, dog who's like walking in this. Uh... They did. They it, actually they 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 had exactly the same thing. It was like dog dot move, dog dot jump. Oh, and the same thing. I the did dog with was the going around. Yeah, the dog was going around the grid. Yeah. 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 I don't know. So I mean, I've I've had I've had a bunch of people email me this link. Uh, you know, the I, I actually haven't. I watched like thirty seconds of it. But I was too busy to watch oh, it. But okay. it was just a bunch of people saying you should learn to code. Um, I don't know. I mean, I. I don't think everybody should do anything. Everybody needs to play music. Everybody needs to, you know, be well, this. Everybody needs to do that. Everybody needs to just like, I don't. I've got a bit. That's, that's something that Udi said quite a few times during our discussions. But everybody does it this way. <laughs> no, <laughs> I'm, not ta- I'm not talking about that's a completely different discussion. I mean, it's a question of <laughs> I don't like, see why it's what's, 
what's no okay well you're talking about which is something he's throwing at which I mean, he's throwing at me is like well this is best practice okay yeah. well there's there's he's basically saying this is a way of saying this is best practice in our industry and, and uh, let's, let's just finish so, and, and there's and the question of best practice of course am I always thing that I always say to you is like well let's look at our specific problem does best practice apply to our situation best practice doesn't mean it's 100% the best practice in all scenarios for every organization for every project it means generally speaking unless you can make a compelling argument against it it's probably a good place to start but this whole thing about like everybody should do X, everybody needs to do this thing in life. I, I, I think it's it's kind of strange. It makes me wonder if we're reaching some kind of a bubble. You know, everybody has to learn how to build iPhone apps. You know, I mean, oh, why, yeah. why does everybody have to build an iPhone app? Or everybody has to build a website. I mean, how many oh. of these websites? So and what iPhone would, what would need? be the ramifications of that bubble? It's just a bunch of people do stuff that's just kind of meaningless. I mean, it, it's fine. It's just like it's just like. Look, I mean, there's nothing wrong with uh, with with these marketing messages that go out and learn to code. Most people are going to ignore it, and the kids are only kind of into it. It's um, you know, they'll just kind of look at it and go, "Oh yeah, I played with it once." And then there's the people who were going to do it anyway. And those is those kind of kids is they don't need the marketing message. Is the way I see it. I mean, I don't really get. I mean, so it's, it's like we're doing a big marketing. It's like they just went and recruited everybody to go record a vi- video about how important it was to code, which I think is just kind of weird. I don't know. Well, I have another. Uh, if you want, you want to talk I mean, about it. Yeah, I don't know. I'm just not a big. I, I don't know. I'm, I'm just not a big. I just don't buy it. I just don't think it's important. I don't think most people need to. Code. I think most people aren't going to be good at coding. Most people, coding is is an is sort of something. It's like we've talked about. It's like athleticism and artistic ability. It's like you need a certain amount of native ability to be really any good at it. Um, right. You know, people on the margins can can kind of power through it. But there are other things that they can add. They can have a successful life without struggling at right. I mean, if I had F, so I don't need to go for examples. I think that's sort of self-evident. So doing a mass marketing effort, I mean, it, it looks like I got this, whatever this effort is going to be a lot of attention. There's a big PR thing. Everybody's like, yeah, feel good. Everybody write code, you know, but I don't really I know. I don't know, the, but there, is the, the, the there is the other opinion that basic marketing will increase luck surface area. Therefore, more people will find out about it. Therefore, more people will become programmers. Why do we need, uh, why do we need so many more programmers? Well, it's, it's, everyone is looking for programmers. No, everyone's looking for work. Everyone's looking for programmers. Everyone's looking for work. You can. I don't think everybody's looking for programmers. I mean, everybody's no, the looking good for ones, I don't think they're actually looking for work. No. The good developers have always well, more than enough offers. Yeah. But it's, it's a lucrative field to get into, and it's, it's a good place. Let's just, let's just say, if, if a lot of people in America became programmers, it could make a difference to the economy. Like it could make us maybe I don't know. I mean, I, I wonder about the whole supply demand. That I mean, it's like what it ultimately do is just bring the average wage wage down, right? The average. I mean, because the, the whole. I mean, commoditized development. Yeah, I mean, the reality is, is that they all these companies saying we can't find enough technical people. It's you could you sh- you want to hire them for sixty thousand dollars a year and not pay them one hundred and fifty thousand dollars a year is what you're really saying. They're out there. You just don't want to pay pay the price. It's like every company wants lawyers if we can pay them fifty bucks an hour. I mean, every, you know, but it's like, I don't want to pay $100 an hour. It's like, that's ultimately what com- companies do. I read a great article about this not too long ago, and they were talking about how, you know, companies constantly complain about this. They constantly want, well, we can't find enough, you know, talented people, enough trained people, enough technical people. The reality is, they're out there, they just don't want to pay it. They don't want to pay the, the prevailing rate, and so they want to bring in people in overseas, or they want to get more people into it so we can bring the price down. That's simple how supply-demand works. And uh, it also allows them to blame any failings. It's like, well, we just couldn't find the technical people. It's not my fault. 
you know i mean i'm i'm not saying it's 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 complete black and white but i think you have to factor those things in and yeah. and i'm not saying that there shouldn't be more people going to programming because it'll lower the overall wages i mean i think there's a certain amount of slack in the market but you know i just don't think that like you know like it was in the late 90s like everybody's suddenly a web designer and what yeah. happened the market crashed and all these people and nobody and everybody stuck you had a bunch of crappy programmers you remember? I mean, about Hold like, on, are you saying the market crashed because everyone became a no, web no, no. designer? No, it's the thing. When the market crashed, yeah. no, no, the market crashed because everybody was hit a herd mentality. Everybody invested in internet stocks. All right, right. right? That's why when everybody, when everybody does something, and especially in the trading world, that's a good sign it's time to get the hell out. <laughs> right. right? And, and so everybody, because as soon as everybody's buying, uh, or, or, then, then there's nobody to buy anymore, right? And so the price goes down, then you'll have a sellers. And that's, I'm talking purely in trading terms, but in terms of the market, all this money, everybody went to internet uh, stock. Everybody wanted to put their money into, you know, Ink to Me and Akamai and Yahoo and everything else. Everybody's, you know, buying all this stuff up. And then everybody was like, you know, who was looking for a job became, suddenly became a web designer, right? And so what you end up having, have, what ended up happening is you had a ton of under, unskilled, uh, you know, bullshit artists who were, who were trying to create, um, websites and stuff, and you had like lots and lots of crap out there, and it didn't necessarily increase that much the quality. And then when and then when those stocks went under, then you had all these people out of work, <laughs> you know, out of jobs, and and they were all had to go find something else. I, I'm just not sure. I believe in like everybody in big marketing messages that everybody should go do this new trade or this new skill. I think people should be educated, you know. But uh, and I think that, and I, I don't think that everybody needs to program. To need people need to program to be able to get through their jobs. I mean, I'm I mean, just like it's not the same thing as reading, you so, know. Well, so I mean, I want, I disagree with one thing that I think that it would be really good for everyone to understand a little bit of programming. I think it would be really good for people to understand, just even from the perspective of them appreciating software because it's such a huge part of our lives now. Like software. Yeah, but I mean, do you understand life. how like internal combustion engine works? No, I have, I have an idea. Do you understand how your TV really works? You understand? No, I, I mean, no. Give me a break. Not any more than not not any more than these people understand how pro- software works. I mean, there's this huge parts of of our world that we, that we have no understanding of how it really works. You know, this very very superficial, you know, understanding of. And so having everybody understand what a bubble sort is or what a you know how a SQL database works, I don't think works. I don't think it matters at all. All right, well, are, you, are we done with that? Okay, um, I've got another subject. Um, Plugio was hacked. Plugio was hacked? Yeah. How? Well, someone found a way of scripting a bot to add many, you know, like 1,500 I users. I swear to God, it wasn't. <laughs> so uh, <laughs> so I, was, I was like looking at Plugio, and I was like, wow, a lot of people are signing up. What's going on? That's really cool. And then seeing that they, they over the last week a lot of uh, friend finder accounts have been created and basically generating a lot of followers and mm. so someone had found a way to hack the system and just generate a lot of accounts so i just had to uh, i have a feeling it's something to do with you building this kind of stuff with javascript when maybe it shouldn't be <laughs> and people are doing this inspect element and going to network tab and seeing stuff maybe they shouldn't I think that's the case, but I'm not the hacker who did it. You need it for, you need it for, yeah. You're just proving a point. <laughs> but do you know what they did? 
Uh, How they hacked? It? Yeah, I, no, well, I'll tell you, all they did was they basically, it, it wouldn't have made a difference. They automated, um, I'm pretty sure that they just automated a, a, a browser just to sign, sign up. To, to sign up. I don't have a capture. So it wasn't they hacked it so much. Okay. I, I basically don't have a capture and I've never really needed a capture before, but I guess now I need a capture. Do you sell, do you do a, um, I, I don't do anything. I validation just, email? I just allow people to sign up because I wanted people to get straight into the experience. Because it's so easy, I think they just targeted the site. They're like, oh, wow, that one's really easy to sign up to. We'll just make our robot do it. The other way is just, of course, just doing a validation email, which is... Well, because I want them to ba basically be able to get into the app and use Twitter before they have to do any validation stuff so that they can instantly see what Plugio is like. I used to do it the other way, but now I just get a, I've got a lot more signups because there was much less friction, right? Were those the kind of signups that turned into customers? Yeah, I think so. I mean, it, mu so? it must be because I've had cu I have customers. So I have a constant... Well, Plus. I don't know. I mean, this. The, I mean, it's okay, true. We have to talk about when did you do it's it? And what was true. the change? You, have to be very, put, you don't could, really know, basically. I could just put the other thing back, and I'm sure it would stay approximately. You say the, the other same. thing? Are you talking about a validation, validation email? Validation email, yeah. I could right. probably put that back. I mean, I think that's better than uh, captures because captures are too ha easily hackable. But, but what I will say is um, that actually, that's not going to make a difference because with Plugio, you can only log in the first time without validating a validation email. So they have within their robot robot system. They've got them all sent to an email address and got them validated. They're all different emails. Yeah, they've got them validated. Yeah. Wait, when you say it doesn't matter, so that means you say so you are or you're not validating. Oh, the first time. The first time you log in, there's no validation required. But if you come back and you try and log in again with that account, it says please validate. Oh, you do have a validation. Yes. It just allows. Okay, yes. I see. Second time around, yeah. So they're so they're automatically they they have an automation system for creating fake emails. For creating fake email addresses for registering and all sorts of domains, basically just coming in and using the system. So you have to, so then you do have to add a captcha. Exactly. But captchas kind of are tough because they're hackable too. Yeah, but I mean, then if if they get past the captcha, then I'll just switch it to paid customers only. Fair enough. I'm just like, okay, fine, the hackers win. I'll just go paid only. Right, <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> well, and it'd be interesting. I mean, what's the latest on your information? What, what's the latest stat you have on on the whole freemium stuff, whether it's working or not? I mean, or do you just have off the cuff? It, information. I just have off-the-cuff information. I mean, don't I still really. don't have... You know what? I've been doing other stuff. I haven't had time to really delve into Bloggio's... I mean, as you know, I've just kind of let it slide anyway. Yeah, it's yeah. just kind of like a, just supporting it. Actually, just moved it over to uh, Twitter API 1.1. Um, that's, that's working now, so that's all good. It's all good, and it's bringing in a nice, healthy 4000 a month, and that's where it's stuck. <laughs> that's good. I mean, that's, that's sort of the definition of a cash cow, which just right. cranks out the cash. Right. But it doesn't really grow. The churn just keeps it kind of even. Um, hopefully with Corey's marketing, if, we ever, if he ever does that. If he ever does that, <laughs> why? Where's it going? He he's, he's I think he's on vacation right now, but when he gets back, then he's going to do it. Hopefully that marketing will bring in a new influx of users. So. Interesting. And what is going to your mar marketing is what exactly? It's going to be doing a, a course about using Twitter for business. The Udemy course. The Udemy course yeah. Okay. Hmm. Cool. So that's that's Plugio update. That's the <laughs> from Plugio HQ. Yeah. So, um, well, one one thing I want to jump back to Cattles for a minute. So I um, one thing I've done uh, I did like last couple of days is I moved Catalyst. The the website right now was it was spread or before it was spread between two websites and one it was, it was uh, the node app segment of it was running on um, AppFog yeah and then I wrote an API at MySQL backed it was built it was a it was a RESTful API that was that I wrote using PHP and MySQL that ran on a shared hosting 
site. And the reason I did that is because I burned a ton of hours trying to get Node to communicate with MySQL on AppFog, and I couldn't do it. I mean, I I spent I can't tell how many hours. And then I tried to get it to work with Mongo, and I was getting still getting tons of errors. And I even had Guyon, who's had a lot of experience. You know, he wrote the wrap or the MongoDB wrapper for Node.js that we used at uh, um, Uber, <laughs> and we spent two three hours. And he's like, Yeah, I don't know, it's not working. Huh. So that's when I just was like, Screw it. I'm, <laughs> I, I mean, I just it's only so many hours that I I'm sure I could solve that problem if I stayed in long enough. But you don't but, for, for that app. You don't really need Node. I mean, apart from just the one thing, right? Well, I mean, I, I mean, th- this is before I had it back in. I mean, at some point you have to save data, right? Yeah, yeah. Save yeah. file, save. I mean, you have to save user, you know, user information. I mean, at some point you have to save this stuff. I mean, and and if I couldn't use MySQL, then I could use Mongo. If I can't use Mongo, then what the hell am I going to use? And I needed Node because in order to emulate like a terminal experience, the write a function terminal, the only way to do to create basically the thing is is that the only way to create uh, a, a synchronous um, blocking code is to open up a connection, a, a synchronous AJAX connection to the server. Okay. And the only way to really ha- um, handle that very well is use Node. You can't use that with uh, PHP. So that's why I had to use Node. Um, and then, like I said, I couldn't use, I was unable to get Node to talk to MySQL or Mongo in all cases. Like I couldn't get the update statements to work for, with Mongo for some reason. I mean, I tried everything. Yeah. And I couldn't get MySQL to work hardly at all. So that's why I was like, all right, I'm just going to write all the, uh, I'm going to move all the uh, database stuff over to another service and I'll write and I'll, 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 I'll make it a, a RESTful API. And I wrote that using, you know, AppIgnite to create like a nice RESTful API uh, interface. Anyway, so finally, it was like, this is enough and enough because having all this crap in two places is a nightmare. Because first of all, I had to, um, because it wasn't a, an, a, an actual, it wasn't, Node wasn't proxying everything. Everything was going to Node. Uh, uh, yeah, everything was going to Node from uh, the from the IDE, from the Catalyst IDE. So it would would send these AJAX requests off to Node, and then Node, uh, the Node process was running, would then go and create a new request off to the API server, send data to save or, or pull data out, and then it would send it back. So that means every single request or anything I needed to change, I had to change it on the server, on a node, and I had to go change it on, in the database, and I had to change the PHP code. It was just a nightmare, right? I mean, that's not something that you want to do long-term, um, especially for something like this, which isn't a money-making right. <laughs> endeavor, yeah. right? I mean, this is painful. So so what I wanted to do was get PHP and um, node working on side-by-side side on the same server. And... The way to do that, I mean, there's a couple ways you can do it, but you could use um, you 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 could use uh, Apache to pro- to sort of using HT access. It would send off certain um, requests to Node, but you, they'd still be holding on to requests. And because you could have a t- uh, hundreds or thousands of long live connections, that's going to kill Apache, right? Where Node handles that really easily. So the idea, the uh, the better solution is to make Node work as a proxy. So if if certain requests come in that I know are, are sort of part of the terminal emulation stuff, then Node will handle it. If not, everything else gets proxied off to uh, to Apache. And but that was a little tricky, and it <laughs> turned out that the I, I had a little trouble getting the Node HTTP proxy library working. And uh, I, I I put it up on uh, I put up a a question on. Um, Stack Overflow, and I wrote two nice little, you know, you have to really distill down your code so that people can understand and easily test it. And I got nothing, like a whole 
day went by and there was like not oh, wow. a single, no one viewed it, no one looked at it, no one tried and you know, responded. I was like, great. And I actually, uh, I s- sent a link to it uh, to my buddy Amos over at Uber and he was the one who answered it. <laughs> so I had just kind of had something a little backwards. And uh, so luckily he fixed it. And he also did on Stack Overflow. Yeah. Nice. And I was like, you, sir, get a point. <laughs> <laughs> no, that was, that was, uh, that was great. So that, because otherwise, I was going to have to um, use Nginx as a reverse proxy and sit in front of Node in Apache, which probably worked fine, but this is like yet another thing I got to yeah, get around yeah, with, right? Yeah. And um, I would rather have just two things working rather than three. And again, you know, if you have a bigger operation, maybe it might make a lot more sense to have three or four components and all this stuff. But, you know, when it's like this little project that I'm doing, I want it as simple as possible. Hmm. So I still had, uh, what I had, I had um, one or two small problems and I still, I, I, and I tell you that I had, um, I found a guy on freelancer.com to, who's like my, ad, my Linux admin on call. Yeah. I mean, the guy's awesome, right? So now he's just on Skype. I have him on Skype, right? So just like while paying you, I was like, hey, what's up? Or ask you, we'll ask each other questions. I'm the same with Nick. I'm like, Nick, you're around? He's like, hey, what's up? I'm like, yeah, so whatever, blah, blah, was on my server. And he just goes in and fixes it. Yeah, that's awesome. 20 bucks an hour. Wow. <laughs> yeah, I think every, I think every listener <laughs> wants to wants to work with Nick. Yeah, he's really good. He's always done in um, Uruguay, hmm. which I think is a similar time zone to us. Huh. I'm not. Yeah, it's not. If it's not the same as Pacific, it's close. So he's always he's almost always around when I'm around, and he's very responsive. So That's I would like to. Ha- I need a Nick for like every technology that I work on because I'm a generalist. Right. You know, for most things. I mean, there's a few things that I know a fair amount about, but most things I'm like you know good at, but not great. And it'd be nice to when you run into a situation like that, you have somebody who can just answer it. Or especially for the things that I'm not good at at all, you know, where it's like, like Linux administration. It's like, I don't know what the hell's going on here. And I don't want to spend a whole day, I don't want to spend my entire day like researching how, why is this service, this in a D service when it crashes, it won't restart or whatever. Yeah. Where he goes in and it's 15 minutes, ding, 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 done. So, uh, that's great. I think there are a lot of people out there like that. I think you have to look. I mean, you said, you think I got lucky. You're, you, you think that, you oh, do. you definitely did. My I one and done. So I was really lucky. Yeah. But you know, it's funny. Like I, I when I when I po- when I initially posted a project on freelancer.com, I, you know, it was like it was a small project, and it was like, you know, I thought it was like a less than a hundred dollar. It was like the category less than two hundred dollar project type thing, and I posted up, and I got like fifteen people, and most of them had really high uh, number of a lot of reviews with very high star ratings. I mean. You never know, but maybe maybe this is like a particularly good category for that. But I don't know if you were looking for a coder or something like that, you you probably wouldn't luck out that much. You know, get such a great person first try. I wonder because that would be awesome to have like a little army of of on call. Well, why don't you try? Like that? I mean, that's that's what Rob Walling's been doing for years. You know, yeah. Well, he's like virtual assistants, so it's like but people like who are like Linux or SQL experts, like someone who's really good with MySQL. Yeah. Because like I had that, I have tried. I've tried to set this up. I mean, I've tried to set this up with a number of people, and they've just really. they're just not available in the way that this guy's available to you. Um, basically, he's responsive. You know, it's really difficult to get res- people who are responsive because if they're really good, then they're they're working for other people, right? Yeah. Normally, right? Yeah. They're just doing contracts, yeah. and so they're not going to be responsive to you. Uh, why should I be responsive to you? And if if they're not working for other people, well, then why are they available? It's kind of like a catch twenty two. This is a weird scenario. <laughs> yeah, because now I don't even bother going through. I mean, now it's just I pay. I go on PayPal. I'm like, well, so how much are you? He's a guy, twenty bucks. Here you go. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> like you just saved me. You saved my whole day. Yeah. Um, and uh, you know, like I had to. 
I had some really tricky sequel I need written, and and I'm not bad with sequel, but when it gets gets really hairy, it's you know, I mean, it's it's nice when you can call someone who. So did it. you do you have someone? Well, no, I had to call to ask my buddy Phil. Oh anyway, yeah, okay. Who's just a total badass when it was sequel server and stuff, and you know my sequel is close enough. Yeah, and so he spent. I mean, we did two sessions. You know, probably took a couple hours, hour and a half, two hours of work. Was that for Catalyst? Uh, yeah, it was. It was. It was stuff that I'd be able to have and integrated with a lot of the question answer stuff. Uh, stuff. Oh yeah, and right. It was okay. like, some, it was some tricky, some tricky sequel, and uh, you know, it took a little longer than we than it should have, simply because my sequel has some peculiarities. Yeah, that SQL Server doesn't, and so that was tripping us up. But um, uh, but yeah, but it, it sucks when you have to call in favors from friends like that. <laughs> you know, I mean, because you don't want to bother your friends, but sometimes you're like, <laughs> I got no other you're options. Really like, this is stuck. Like, will you help me out? You know, um, I'd much rather just pay somebody, and, and you know, everybody's happy. So speaking of um, of the of the PHP MySQL outsourcing stuff. So, um, I was up at, uh, when I, I went to uh, San Francisco last week and I stayed an extra day for the Upverter Y Combinator Hardware Hackathon, uh, you, I think I mentioned in the previous show. And, uh, I'll get to that in a minute, but what was interesting is I was talking to this one female entrepreneur who got about two thirds you know, three quarters of her site done in Node and Mongo, and they'd raised, she'd raised some uh, angel. More, I would, it was less than angel, more than friends and family. You know, what kind of a site? Um, it, it's, it's in the uh, sort of recruiting space. Huh. It was kind of interesting. I mean, I I didn't ask her if I could talk about it and discussing this detail, so I don't want to go any yeah. specific about it or, or even mention her name. But um, you know, she she had it built in in, in Node and Mongo, uh, Mongo and Node. And there's, there's also, and also there's a, um, a, a, an iPhone app as well. It's built in, you know, native Xcode. It seems like a weird choice of technology for a, a recruiting site. Yeah. So I, I was thinking, and so she said that she went through a couple of developers. It didn't work out with one or two. And then she had the third one. And then, he, you know, because of, I think it was the kind of thing, you know, a lot of times you hire someone and they have a family and they're like, look, I got to work and I got to take this bigger contract or full-time job. And then she was like, screwed. Yeah. Because now she has this partially done. She's out of money. And she's this partially done site in Node Mongo. And I was like, wow. I'm like, first I'm thinking, why would you build that Node in Mongo? Right? I mean, I know those are the latest, some of the latest and greatest, you know, tech that everybody wants to play with. But, you know, I know Node and I still wouldn't build a regular website in it. I would still recommend using PHP or Python or, or Rails. You know, I mean, why... Why would you complicate things? I mean, Node does some makes certain things really easy, you know, and it's great for certain things. But it's like why use it to do stuff that these other these other uh, technologies are really just uh, sort of do easily. I mean, callback hell and asynchronous code is you know can be really complicated when it gets server side. I mean, it's one thing with handling like on click and mouse over events. It's another thing when it gets like you know. Yeah, why is that so much more complex server side? Well, it's just, it's just like what happens is like, so let's say that you want to pull stuff out of a database and you say, well, make connection to the database. Well, you know, select this database, um, get this code. It's like everyone's a callback within a callback within a callback within a callback. Get this data. And there can be errors. It's, it's the only way that you know when something's going to happen in yeah. the callback. And there can be error. At any stage, there could be error. So you have to handle if there's an if error, do this, else do this, then do a callback. And it gets really, and you can write wrapper code around it to kind of clean it up. And there are, and yes, there are libraries like async and step that allow you to kind of fake synchronous code. 
But I mean, with PHP or Rails or something, you just go like get record update or request. Yeah. I mean, it's done. Right? Yeah, so basically <laughs> it's just one simple call to get something from the database, but you, you're sort of jumping through hoops to do the basic stuff. But with the front end, you kind of have to do callbacks because otherwise, how's it going to... Yeah, it's asynchronous. Gonna, yeah. I mean, and, and stuff, you know, we, right, I was the one who ultimately picked uh, Node.js to work with Uber. For solving Uber's dispatch problem, I still think it was a great, uh, a great option. It's, it's been a great solution. Um, and so for th- certain things, I would I recommend you, uh, Node. But for building like a, a, a vanilla web application... Rails type, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's just, and then use Mongo. I mean, what's the right. point? I mean, Mongo is like if you're <laughs> if you're going to do something that's going to scale massively, massive scale, then you use these NoSQL stuff. Otherwise, just use a straight MySQL or Postgres with tables and relationships, and then the tables, the, the and, be, and, the, and then all the all the data is completely normalized, so that when you when things change and you don't understand, the data isn't coupled and, and denormalized, it's, it's all available. You can change stuff very quickly. But mm-hmm. stuff in Mongo, it's like you don't have the same flexibility. It's like, as we talked about a few shows ago, right. it's like SQL is agile, right? Because it's normalized. It's because it's normalized. It's like, you know, yeah, you, you, you're forced to denormalize and you're forced to use NoSQL when you hit massive, when you have massive scaling issues. And I'm, I'm not trying to ignite a debate whether like SQL scales, but I mean, that's when people look to those type of solutions. Right, right. But not when you have a beta web app. Right? I mean, it was just it would just seem crazy. It seems like somebody who's like thinking like, what's the greatest tech? You know, then we can recruit. You know, because if because <laughs> you think like, well, how easy is it to get people to to recruit people to work on the latest tech? It's easier if you're up in San Francisco. Yeah, but Ruby would be easier. I mean, it, w- it would be easier to recruit people for Ruby than the Node and Mongo, presumably. Yeah, yeah. So it's interesting. Yeah, you could probably. So this, the, 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 there's things. It's like, what do people find the most appealing? Like, what's the sexiest tech? Right, because you you can hang that as a carrot, like, hey, we we use Node and we use Mongo and we use this, and then people are like, oh yeah, I want to work on that stuff, right? That's appealing, right? As opposed to saying, well, we work on like you know, we use uh, ASP. <laughs> <You know? laughs> I mean, it's perfectly functional, but people don't want to do it, right? Yeah. Um, and uh, so, um, but then there's also the, the flip side, which is like, are those people available, mm-hmm. right? So if you are, let's say, a funded startup. Or you're on the you're on angel list and you're getting you know got your your seed round, then maybe you're like okay we're going to build it in sexy technologies because then we can hire we can attract more people. But I can tell you you know Uber's finding a hard time finding talented people who know who know Node in these latest technologies. And if Uber can't attract them, how is a small startup going to have a good time good time an easy time doing it? Right. Yeah. This is a discussion we were having. Uh, t- was it today or yesterday? Uh, I think every day. Yeah, just, uh, just basically sure. about uh, Udi wasn't necessarily believing how hard it is to find good 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 talent, but it is hard to find good talent. Yeah, I mean, as first, what you define as good, I mean, that's obviously nebulous, and we talk about a lot of things about what makes someone good, not just about do they write good code or do they solve problems. Are they easy they to deal with? Yeah. Do, they commun- do they communicate well? Are they uh, yeah are they easy to work with? All those sorts of things. Um, but so. <laughs> One thing I, I said to her is like, well, I, I, I don't know if I said to her later, I, I, we exchanged an email about it later, and I said, you know, I'm not sure that that's that building it in, in Node and in, in Mongo was a really good idea. I mean, I can understand why certain people might give her that advice. Like, what should I build my new site in? Oh, you should use Node, and that's the cool thing. Everybody wants to do it. And it's easier to get funding when the, when the, when the, you know, the angel people come and go, well, what are you building? What's your stack? And we go, no. They're like, oh, yeah, totally. <laughs> and you're like, okay. So everybody gets really excited about it. But I'm like, you know, the, the problem is, I was like, you need to win ugly if you have to win, 
Like there's winning pretty and there's winning ugly in sports. Sometimes I say it's like, you know, and, and we'd, we'd much rather win ugly than lose pretty. <laughs> right? Like, oh, I was all pretty. Look at us. And like, but you lost three nothing. You played this really pretty style of soccer, but you sucked. And they were just playing long ball, but they kept knocking the balls and they win. So you're out of the tournament and they're going on. Congratulations. You know? So sometimes you have to adapt and play ugly. And I was like, you know, I said, no, this is going to sound like an apostasy. And I said, but I think you need to go ghetto fabulous. <laughs> I think you need to just go and build it in vanilla, you know, PHP, MySQL. I mean, it's like, I use it. I know. Start Node. from scratch. Basically. Start from scratch. Hire someone. Um, you, can fi- you can easily find someone who's a competent PHP, MySQL developer off something like, you know, I, th- I said, I think you can off something like freelancer.com. I'll, I mean, you know, Justin's, Justin may be skeptical that I can find one that easily, but I think you can find one who you can afford and get something basic up way easier, way more easily than if you had to find someone who's available and competent in Node and Mongo. Hmm. Because I think, as like, you know, let's just say, let's just, I mean, who knows what this site does exactly? I don't even necessarily know exactly what it does. Let's just say it's a, it's a, it's a vanilla web app. You know, you might be able to get a vanilla app done between five and 10 grand in PHP and MySQL. You know, if you were, if you, if you were fairly parsimonious, say, look, let's just, let's just kit, stick to the real MVP stuff here. And at least you have something up. Because when she told me, she's like, you know, I have... If you, you, do, if you specify it well enough, you can get an Indian team or like a, a, a Russian team to build that for you. And for 10 grand. Just, you just got to specify it well enough. Yeah. yeah. And, and I was saying, you know, you could, what, you, what you could do is you could just... Um, you go in steps, right? Get the simplest version on them. I mean, you, can, you might have to try a couple of people. But ultimately, you'll find somebody who's competent. I mean, I know people who've built stuff this way. And... You know, Uber, for the first year, the entire first year, the dispatch system was built in PHP and MySQL. And it was one function (laughs) called CallFlow. And it was like probably a 2,000-line PHP function. And that allowed Uber to go from, you know, one car driving around to, you know, 30 or 40 cars. It became a a company. It became a real deal. I mean, that I think it actually got through um, its... It got through its A round funding. It went through. It went through Angel and A round on that. It's and like, so I'm like, if if it's good enough for Uber, yeah, it's good enough for you. <laughs> I mean, right? I mean, if if Uber can use MySQL and PHP, because yeah, we rewrote it, and in a year later, we depl- it was exactly almost I would say almost a year to date that we deployed the new Node version, and then we and but it was still it's still MySQL. They're still just moving over just now to Postgres. It's you know? like column nav for. Uh, Oh, oh yeah, for Digizoo. <laughs> one large function that I've written that's doing a lot of stuff. It's basically navigating the hierarchy. Yeah, because so users you just got to get it out there. You know, because the users don't care. Right. The users don't know. You know, and you just got to get something up there. And, and the one thing I, I asked her, I said, because she'd mentioned that she had like a bunch of uh, potential clients that were signed up that were willing to pay. You know, and I'm like, well, how much are these clients worth? And she was like, you know, and it was significant amount of money. You know, thousands of dollars per client. I'm like, so you're telling me you got like. 20 or 30 or 40 of these clients all ready to write a check asking when it's done and you're stuck because you're out of money and this thing's 80% built in Node? I'm like, it's time to go. It's time to win ugly. I mean, just, I'm like, you could find someone in PHP MySQL and just get this thing rewritten and get it done and live with that for a year or two and then if all of a sudden you're at scale and you got 10 employees then yeah, go pick, you know, sexy tech XYZ and rewrite it. Yeah. Because then that's the problem you want to have. Like, oh, gee, it's so fast, so scalable, you know, or has all these high tech needs that PHP MySQL don't work. But the reality is, is those things work very well for very sophisticated sites. I mean, you don't even have to. It's only specialized things you have to switch. I mean, I mean, Facebook is PHP. 
Right, right. right? A lot of a lot of big companies have oh, MySQL behind what yeah, they're doing. Yeah. So I just thought that was a really just scale when you need to. Just start with a simple start. Start with simple, it. start with ugly. Simple and ugly, right? And then and then make it more beautiful as you go along. Just make something that works and and just get it out there. Well here's what I one thing I said to her is I you know as I told her, I'd take a look at her code. I used to do a screen share session, and she's and we're going to do a screen share session. It's kind of hard to say. <laughs> and she's going to um, walk me through her code because I said, I don't know. I don't know based on what you're describing is whether it would be easier to just find a high-priced node person to finish off what you have or be ready to start from scratch. I said, it really depends on matters of deg- a matter of degrees. I mean, maybe you are only... 20, 30 hours more work, and even if the person's $100 an hour, I would just pay them. You're being like an AnyFu expert for her. Yeah, well, I guess. But I just felt really bad just seeing like you're, sta- you're so close, and yet, you know, it's like you're, it's like you're on the five-yard line. You know, <laughs> like, yeah, just if find someone to finish up. You have people who are willing to spend that kind of money, or you write clients who are willing to, you know, you know purchase or, or, or sign up or whatever you need to... You know, get them, get it over the end line. Well, talking about Anifu. Yeah, I figure you were bringing that one up. <laughs> so, uh, my my uh, Irish worker. Your Irish worker. Your <laughs> Irish outsourcer. My Irish outsourcer, who who happens to be a very close friend of mine. She's she, an ex girlfriend. She's an ex. She yeah, from she's an many many years ago. From right? Many years ago. Yeah. Okay. So she <laughs> has found two hundred and like two hundred and. 80 experts. 280? Yeah. So so she's so, almost there. She's almost at the end of the yeah, line. Yeah, so we're ready to go. So we now need you to bold the ones. So we've, we've picked three experts from each from each group. Each category. Yeah. So we. So you'd pick like a Rails. It'll be three experts in Rails. We picked three Rails experts, three this experts, three that. So we need you to go through and choose, first of all, the categories that you, you want us to go for first. And secondly, to just bold or indicate in some way which which one of these? Put a smiley face. Yeah, that's my like, favorite. Okay, go for this one. I'm go gonna put a smiley one. face and then like a straight face, <laughs> the middle one, and then a frown face in number three. <laughs> so uh, that's ready to be moved. That's fantastic. Yeah, that's great news. Okay, I will do it this weekend. That'd be great. So Sandy took the um, the girls to her parents' house for the weekend. That's oh yeah, it's her dad's birthday, and they never got to celebrate Aries' fifth birthday. So she's like, I'm gonna take them. You boys stay here. <laughs> well, because Colby is sick still. He's been sick the last few days, so he's still kind of sick. And then tomorrow he has opening day ceremonies for his baseball, and then he has photo, day to day photos, and then he has his opening, his game. And so that's, we can't miss that. So so we're in town uh, together. So it's just, and so he and I are just kind of doing our thing, right? Like he's building Legos and, <laughs> you know, playing Roblox or whatever. So I'm going to, I'll work on this. Oh, that, that that reminds me of a funny story. Um, we, uh, Udi and myself went, after Catalyst, we went back to your house, your place, right? Yeah, for a few minutes, yeah. Right. So in the lift, uh, there was some kind of, <laughs> maybe I'll let you tell this story, Jason. A big scary bomb, as Justin <laughs> thought. <laughs> oh, so there was a little green plastic Toy. turtle. Turtle or that bug. was kind of partially translucent, so, so you, you could see, see like a little bit of mechanical stuff in there. Like, it was like a wind up. It was like a wind up oh. <laughs> toy or something. And you walk in and you go, "What's that? Is that a bomb?" <laughs> <laughs> and of course, I, Udi and I just started cracking up. Like, what are you even talking about? But Jason picks it up 
And then he puts it in front of my face and he goes, boom, like this. <laughs> <laughs> and of course, I got scared. You jumped through the, you jumped out of your shirt. <laughs> I, I, I went like this. I was like, oh my God. I have never seen Jason laugh so hard. <laughs> I have never seen him laugh so hard. There's something about scaring your friends that is the, it just makes me crack up. I remember when we were kids. I remember we'd always do that. Like your friend would come over and you'd go hide and he'd be like, where'd you go? You know, <laughs> you'd be like hiding under the bed and they'd walk by and you'd grab their leg and they'd be like, <laughs> okay. <laughs> and it was nothing. It's nothing as funny. So then we go into Jason's apartment and he has his new Samsung TV, this massive, great, big, huge, I don't know, 50, 60 inch TV. No, on just the like Justin's, but bigger and better. Right. <laughs> basically. Yeah, Justin, that. very sad. Because, see, see mine, see, it's basically the same as mine, but just like four times as big, right? <laughs> So anyway, so he's trying to show it off. So he's working with the remote control and Colby's sitting there, he, like his eight-year-old son, just sitting there next to him on the floor, right? Or on, on a seat. And Jason's trying to work it. And he's like, you can see Jason's getting more and more frustrated trying to work this remote. It's, it's not working. Why isn't it How do you make this work? How, and then he gets to the point where he gets so frustrated. And then he goes, Colby, make this work. <laughs> <laughs> Literally, it like seriously hands it to Colby and says, and Colby's like, I'm an eight-year-old kid. <laughs> <laughs> he knows how to do it too. He was just—he yeah. does. Well, he knows how to use all the technology in the house. He's—he's he's just. Uh, he, I should put him on my Skype like call list. Yeah. Hey, call me. <laughs> Help me with the SQL query. What's going on? Well, Dad, what are you going to do with blah, blah, blah? Okay, that's why I jealous little kids now because they—they they like have this old technologies and they know how to work with iPads like since they're six. And they have this, these old possibilities that I never had before. So. Yeah, of course, because you're way older <laughs> yeah. than me. No, it's like we ha- we're like two separate generations here. Already. So you you had like the first computers when, we, when they come up. I just... And Justin was like, they were just, electricity was just coming in wide, right? <laughs> we, we, we were still milking cows. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, so, uh, well, it turns out that there was two separate, uh, there was a second remote. That's, what, that's why I that's was... What I was that's what I said. I, I hate to say it, but... Is that what you were saying? There was a second yeah, I was saying, use the other remote. <laughs> yeah, I, it was lost in the cushions the girls were, where the girls were playing, so... Yeah, yeah. So we... The reason we got out of the TV is that, um, you know, we had to go get some new... Um, we wanted to get uh, what they call the sectional couches, like the two... Partner. The reason you got the TV is because you're making bank. No, no. <laughs> the reason, the reason I never buy stuff. I hate buying stuff, and uh, it's I never go shopping. I hate ordering stuff. Yeah, well, so. as I know, when, when we go and have lunch together, what does that mean? You hate buying. You hate buying stuff. What does it have to do with buying lunch? <laughs> Just because <kidding>. <laughs> <laughs> Just I don't need you to buy me, po- you know, pollo loco for lunch doesn't mean that I'm buying. I don't even know what that. J- means. It's, it's 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 an ongoing uh, amusement that we have. Jason won't allow someone to buy him a, a meal. No, it's not true. So what happened? Okay, so this is a whole other discussion. <laughs> well, let's get back to the TV. Okay, thing we're, so we'll get back to it. Okay, okay, so the uh, um, so I was gonna say yeah, so. Uh, with 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 a family of five now, it's like we just don't we don't all fit on the same couch. We have like one of those chairs. Those, it's like, yeah, like uh, the uh, you know they have the big the big brown you know what those called what are those chairs called the I don't know sectionals. Whatever. No, I'm saying the chair that we're sitting in. Lo- a love seat. Yeah, no, no whatever. A, du- so, a, du- a double couch. Whatever. So we have one couch and we have one chair. Yeah, and it's not enough. And so it's like okay, so we need to get the you know the big sectional so everybody can actually sit down at the same time. And if someone comes over, like you guys come over, and you just kind of stand around. There's nowhere to sit, right? <laughs> I mean, it's kind of silly. And so we went to buy a couch. Um, and I tell you, like, Sandy's like, okay, we're gonna go. 
She's like, do you want to get your shot for couch this week or next week? And I'm just like, oh, never, never. <laughs> like, this is going to be the worst day of my life. <laughs> and so finally, I'm like, all right, fine, let's just get over with. And we went in the first place we went in the first couch we saw. I'm like, that's it. And we, we, we the first one. Yeah, we went around. We looked around the other couches in the place, but we found one that was really cool and it was on sale. So we got it for like, I think all said and done, like 1500 bucks. I thought we we're going to spend like 2500 or something. And I'm like, wow. Now that we've saved that money. <laughs> well, because the, the couch is going to take up more space. And I'm like, you know, if we could get rid of this big, we have this old 25-inch CRTs. It's like 15 years old. that takes up like a huge. Oh, yeah. We can get rid of that sucker. Yeah. We can open up that whole space and let's get a flat screen. And so we went over to. Uh, it looks really nice mounted on the wall like that. And yeah. it's, I mean, it li- I mean, I thought my TV was big, but yours is four times the size of mine. I, I don't know. It's, mine's a, it's a 55 inch. Yours is probably what, a 40, 42? No, no, no. Much bigger. Than, like there's, yours is much bigger than, I mean, like literally it's four yeah, times the it's size. It's a lot of bigger. Yeah. Well, anyway, well, I walked in. And we, your Samsung lights up like your, your, your logo. <laughs> when it has no up. edges, it looks like an infinity pool, you know, it's like really cool. So the thing is we, we went and walked in and I, and I, and of course there are lots of, ones are less expensive and I saw that one I'm like I'm just like staring at mesmerized like this is the most amazing thing I've ever seen in my life <laughs> and uh, I still haven't even watched anything on it I see the kids wash off and every time I walk through my stare at it, I'm like that thing is amazing because <laughs> it's like a it's a high definition 3D 2D so it like makes mm. the 2D stuff look 3D or kind of 3D what without glasses yeah well, it has, well you have the glasses for 3D but it, it does a 2D 3D conversion oh, okay. so if you have this some of the channels are high def. It just like something like but it, it, it probably like upscales the the stuff that gets sent to it, right? I yeah. don't know enough about it how it yeah. works, but yeah. I know is I, every time I walk by, like I'll go and you know get some coffee. I walk to the kitchen, like because the viewing angles you can see it from yeah, the viewing. Awesome. Angle. Does it's, stuff look very real on it? It does, and yeah. then you can look at it, it's sharp, and you can look at it from every any angle, and there's no glare. Every time I walk in, I'm like, I'm like I'm mesmerized. I'm like, okay, I gotta, I gotta, I gotta get out of here. <laughs> but uh, that's why it wasn't to make you feel bad. I thought that would make a great uh, computer screen, actually. Imagine working with like a 70-inch screen. Great. <laughs> yeah. Well, you can never have too much screen real estate, yeah. I've discovered. So, oh, you're talking, so we about the food thing? Oh, right. Okay. I'll let you introduce that one. Okay. So, no, this or is- misrepresent it. Go ahead and misrepresent it. Misrepresent, yeah. <laughs> it's an ongoing thing. Like every time I say, I say, I'll buy you lunch. And Jason's like, no, I don't want to buy you lunch because then we'll have to keep track. And you bought me, I bought you, you bought me. I'm like, just let me buy you lunch. Like, what's, what's the problem? It's like- it's one thing if, if you go, if we go out to an, a nice dinner and you're like, hey, let's go out to dinner. It's on me. Or, you know, or, or you just say, I'll pick it up. That's fine. But if we're going out like two or three times a week to Pollo Loco for eight bucks and like, I'll buy you lunch. It's like, I don't need you to pay eight dollars. for you know? <laughs> Just get whatever you're going to get. I'll order whatever I get. It just seems kind of weird. Like, I don't, I don't need the, the eight dollar favor. You know, and I don't need to do it. It's like silly. And then it's just an additional pressure for next time that now he has to get, but maybe he forgot and like, you know. It's a bookkeeping. It's like this, is there virtual yeah. bookkeeping that's going on? And it's just, and it's for something that's lo- that low price. It's annoying because it's not, it's not really a favor. It's not like we want to get, we, we went and got, you know, prime rib and you're like, I'm like, oh, Jason, uh, Justin paid for a nice dinner. I yeah, but, but that was the point I was making. It's not really virtual bookkeeping in my mind. I mean, I'm not expecting anything lunch to ever be bought for me again i mean it's just like it's because it's only eight bucks See, i don't believe that i think there's always virtual bookkeeping going on with people even though they don't know it. they're always kind of so if we so if we went out like 20 times in a row you just bought me uh lunch you well would... maybe 20 times in a row <laughs> but, but like it, that's just because then it would be start to be weird but like so you still have to keep track well no you just it's just a general sense a general sense a general yeah. sense like five times in a row would be okay but 
Hence the bookkeeping he sense, was talking about. I know, but you you just have a general sense, like like you had with like you had with anything. You had this general sense. You're like something's weird here. I like it. It doesn't feel balanced. Yeah, so you well, would have a general sense about it. Yeah, so I like. That's why, like, with people who I eat with regularly, if, like, lunch, people just pay for their own lunch. You know, if, if it's a sit-down meal, right, that's different than if you're going up to counter and ordering something. Going to Chipotle, if you're going to Chipotle, it's like everybody pays their own stuff. Like, hey, I'll get your Chipotle. Unless it's like, sometimes you'll buy it for someone that's like, you haven't seen them in three months, and you're ahead in line, like, I'll just get it. But if it's like, if it's you go regularly, it's just it's kind of annoying. That's, I guess, that's the, that's the rule. That's the new rule I'm learning. That's just how I am. I'm just we go out and have a sit down dinner. But we we've, take we've been to some pretty expensive meals, and you've never bought it for me. What are you talking about? <laughs> yeah. We've 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 been to like proper restaurants, and you've never said, "Hey, I'm going to get this meal for you." When was this? We've what like proper restaurant? Set, like one time CPK. Right? CPK. Yeah, a California Pizza Kitchen. You never said, "Hey, I'm going to buy this meal for everyone." No, did you? You didn't either. No, I'm just saying, <laughs> you said that that's the only time you would buy meals Yeah, but people. I just mean like every time we go out with a group of 10 people, like, hey, I got the tab, everybody. <laughs> right? Right. I mean, it's a difference. It's like, you know, we've gone out with groups of people. Okay. Yeah, you're right. I haven't picked up a tab for a huge group of people. That's true. Well, I did. When? Microconf. No, we 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 pay, we 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 end up came it was it was paid for by a donations. Oh, that, you said you were going to, but then we paid for the negation. that's where the money goes. That's what actually happened. I, I no, you're right. I paid for it, but then we also had we had donations at a later stage. So you said put it back in your pocket that way. Right. Okay. Fair enough. Fair right. Enough. right. But I wasn't expecting the payback. Sure. That's the point. Okay. Fine. <laughs> so your thought that matters. Okay. So one time Justin offered and didn't. <laughs> I guess you're a better human being than me. <laughs> so uh, I want to talk about the hackathon. Mm-hmm. So, um, oh, two hackathons, the Uber hackathon, right? With the uh, the nearest cabs challenge. Yeah, tell us about that. So I that. got second place, or Guy and I got second place. Oh. Okay. Um, but I think what we're going to do, uh, the uh, David and the line uh, teamed up, and they did something that was fairly similar. Actually, it was very similar. They in, they did their indices a little differently and their and, and whatever, but it was like a layered series of resolutions so they card themselves tiles we call them cells we call them grids they call it something else and uh and they did indexes they had more indexes so they were slower to update but faster to retrieve you're right but um other than that it was like almost identical it's probably 85 percent the same so they got the first place they got first place but the uh the yes they did and i had the fastest update i think and i think they i came second across the board in every single actually guyon and i came in second across the board and everything. Um, whereas some people, he got, he got first and then they got third. And, and they, but, they, but in, the, in the overall, they won the overall. Now, what we wanted to do, because um, when I was up there, you know, we had a number of conversations as a group and, and a lot of people got really excited about it, especially people on the math team. They were like, oh, man, I want to participate. Um, and the idea of, of extending it from a hackathon to more like a Netflix-style ongoing challenge where you have like a leaderboard and you can kind of post results. Like a cackle kind of thing. Yeah, exactly. Because hackathons are, 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 I think, are better fit for like, hey, I got this crazy idea. Everybody work on a crazy idea for, you know, a day and we'll see who comes up, see, see what people come up with. And when you're, you're trying to attack some like predefined specific challenge and, and it's, it's, I think it works better if it's ongoing because then you can learn from each other and keep 
keep pushing forward because what we really ever want to do is like because when we start talking about what we did we're like oh I, i'm going to use that or we can use that or these other ideas and we can because the whole point is making something that's incredibly scalable so hack- hackathon on the same thing like yeah keep, just keep, keep pushing it just there's no deadline let's that, just keep yeah. going for another yeah, few yeah. weeks or a month and uh yeah oh another thing is is both of our our, our solutions both of the you know got my and guyon and david and um alliance um ours is called layered grid theirs is called grover what a reason. I can't remember why they called it Grover. They they killed the Postgres um, geolocation search. Just crushed it. Right. Yeah, so that didn't... So I remember people had sort of suggested using that, but it was it got destroyed. It wasn't even close. Right. Um, and I think our, both of our solutions could get significantly faster if we, um, if we both went another couple rounds on it. And I was talking with Guyon about this. Guyon had... He had some ideas of how we could uh, scale it horizontally. And there was an article that came out. It was about horizontal scaling, and there was like 100,000 spaceships. And the geolocation thing it was a very similar type of a problem. Huh. And they talked about some things that were similar to what Guyon, I think, was, was bringing up when we were talking about how to scale a horizontal, which would be great. So if we ran this thing rather than a, on a, two, uh, a, a, a EC2 instance with four cores, we go with one that has 16 cores. And that would really allow us to... To, to try to experiment with the horizontal scaling and leverage it if it if it works and because the whole point of this is to get something that's really fast right I mean we can use a bigger machine I mean Uber has the resources yeah it's not of course like it's not like production is limited to a four core instance and um, the uh, oh geez I forgot the other part of it but um, anyway so that's hmm wish I could think I just had something on the top of my tongue but um, yeah. So that's that's all that ended up. So we're going to go forward with that, I think. Um, and then um, I went to the uh, the Upverter Y yep. Combinator Hardware Hackathon. Oh yeah, tell us about that. So um, the problem was after three days of being an Uber, I'm just crushed. I'm just I'm just totally burned out, and I had to take a I took an Uber all the way out to Mountain View, which cost me 160 bucks. Um, and because the thing starts early in the morning and I don't want to have to take a Caltrain in the morning. And Is is that uh, longer than going to LAX, by the way? Mountain View? Yeah. yeah. A lot longer? I don't know. Yeah. It's, I don't know if it's a lot longer, but it's longer. Okay. I mean, I've, as I've told you, it cost me about $115 in traffic. To LAX. To LAX. Yeah. Okay, cool. So expect to pay something like that. The 160 was quite expensive. Now, obviously, I get credits for... You know, I get a monthly, certain amount of month, monthly allowance. Oh, great. All, all, everyone who at Uber does. Um, but I blew through those in three days because I took so many drives from the airport and Mountain View and Mountain View back to the airport and everything. But um, so I went down there and there was a lot of people. There's like 150 people. Wow. And uh, I I would say that the thing I, I, I think they could work on is team formation. So I get up there and I don't have a team. And okay. there's a lot of people like me who don't have teams, and they're people with ideas and skills, but they don't have anyone to work with them. Huh. And I, I think they need. I think the thing they can improve upon is that is having make it easier for people to sign up. And say, hey, I'm looking for a team, or hey, I'm, I'm a, I got ideas and, and skills, but I need somebody who can do X, Y, and Z. You know. Um, but as it, as it happens, I kind of got lucky, and I and they had when they had people go up front and say, hey, I'm looking for a team, and I just went with the first guy, and I'm like, hey, can <laughs> I said I can write code, but I don't know much about electronics, and he's like, oh yeah, sure. And so um, I jumped on with him. Turned out, he's pretty well known as a hardware hacker. Like he's he he spent some stuff on some of his stuff and designs are up on GitHub, <clears throat> and he's pretty good. 
So he's first thing he, tell, he tells me, he's like, yeah, I got a sex toy company. I'm like, what? <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> so apparently he has some sex toy company. I mean, that wasn't what they were working on there. But uh, and then because a bunch of people came coming over like, oh, yeah, you, so you're working with Taylor. Yeah, he's really, really good. And I'm like, oh, so I kind of kind of you looked out. But it turned out that one of the guys that jumped on is an embedded systems developer with a lot of experience writing uh, code for Arduinos and stuff, which is one of the things we were using. So he took over the core of the coding, which I was going to do. And so I was kind of left with not a lot to do. And so what I ended up doing um, is I just started going through some Arduino tutorials and the guy, and one of the guys who's sitting next to me was also on our team was kind of answering some of my questions. And um, so it was okay. You know, I mean, I think if you, if you have some expertise with, with this sort of stuff, like you can actually design a circuit and make it happen, then it would be really cool. If you're like me, it's like you know some of the basic electronics, but you've never, you know, you're not good enough to design one. It's is a little bit of a rough ride. And I was one of the suggestions that I gave in their like feedback survey they sent out afterwards was it'd be great if you had like workshops for people who were new to it because there were a bunch of people there who were like me and where Samuel Clay from Newsblur was there. Oh yeah. And uh, so it was uh, Peter Christensen, another uh, texting listener. He was there, and they're all they're all like me, like ah, I know a little bit. I kind of learn more, and they, you know, you, you kind of hook up with a team and you try and work on. So something they did a good job on their marketing <clears throat> and promotion. And it was just well, it was just I mean I guess you can't really fault them with the uh, with that with it not being not if they're not being an option for people who aren't experts in it. So it's like having a, a software hackathon, but you get there and you're like I only know how to do for loops. They're like, well, right. I mean, what I mean, it's why not, did you come? Right. Um, but I think that there are people who could look, pick up to speed pretty quickly if they had some workshops throughout the day for people who were not core members of a team and would like to just learn, say, how to use the Upverter software and how to design circuits and simulate them or how to do some basic stuff. Yeah. But um, it was pretty cool. I mean, it was, yeah. Although, like I said, I was so blown out that I was, my <laughs> brain, I was working at like, uh, you know, half the capacity, you know. Well, so in the last 10 minutes of the show, um, do you have any, I don't know, tech stories or something? Links and tech stories? I don't know. If we, you know, that's become a kind of a thing, hasn't it? The, the links at the end of the show? Yeah. Um, Udi, did you, you're opening your computer like right. as if you had something you wanted to mention. I, uh, no. oh, okay. I got, um, I got one. Uh, well, I guess um, there's a, sh- the, the EFF, electronic, um, what's it? Yeah, the Electronic Frontier Foundation is um pushing for this shield act which is gonna the uh, which is some proposed legisla- legislation that's supposedly going to or at least it's going to try and make patent trolls pay for the other um for the legal fees if they lose oh so a higher that's... cost it's called yeah. the shield act so i thought that was kind of cool i signed up you know you like, go up and sign the survey online and what do you think the chances of it going to fruition. I don't know. They they mentioned something that actually uh, I mean, Obama that would, actually uh, Obama actually uh, mentioned something about that. Being but I mean, like, so. would it stop patent trolls? No, it would just no that that would. I mean, I think that the patent system is is screwed up in so many ways. I think it would take a lot to to fix it. But one of the things it's, you could do is 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 limit the is change your risk reward to be a little more have have higher penalties for frivolous. Yeah, um, no, that doesn't make lawsuits. sense. Yeah, you know, I mean, I'm not a patent lawyer so i don't know all the ins and outs and uh, on it but i thought that was uh, interesting that that's starting to happen and i know the eff has i can't remember what they call it but they have something they're really putting some energy behind the uh the patent troll problem i mean you know just like we had talked about on the show what a yeah, year, year that, that's gonna be so good i mean because this because um <clears throat> i even saw rob walling had posted a link on twitter about uh and i think i'd seen the link before but just about po- podcasts being 
patent trolled. Yeah, in fact, yeah. I was just going to bring that up. Right, yeah. exactly. Yeah, that's they go after uh, Adam Carolla. Right, was one of them, and uh, what's it? Um, so Mar- Ma- 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 Marin, whatever. Because in their patent, they say just something like a system to send out, you know, regular one. regular ep- serial episodes to people. That's the patent. And that that's a patent. Wow, that doesn't make sense. Yeah, so these these people who are working at the uh, patent office are just effing morons. I mean, you know, I'm sure that they're overworked, understaffed, but somebody's just not even doing a, their job. Yeah. You know, I mean, this is just ridiculous. And there really should be a much, uh, a, a really good public vetting process. This stuff, ha- patents have to be able to be put out in front of the public and there'd be like a, you know, a six month thing where, you know, you could be public comment. So it's like people can say this is, you know, just like a Stack Overflow or something, right? I, mean, I, I, th- remember, I remember them talking about something like that, but I don't know if anything happened. I'm just surprised that they thought that any podcast on the planet would have enough cash to kind of make it worth their while to chase down for patent trial. I mean, like... Adam Carolla has a lot of listeners. Right? Yes. He's really... He's, he's the most popular... I think he's the most popular podcast on the web right now. So he has some, I think he may, he's making some, some good cash. I mean, I know Leo Laporte makes a lot of money and he's not nearly as big as... Uh, uh, Corolla, right? You know Adam Corolla is. He used to do Loveline. That maybe that that's is from on. Uh, it would go on K Rock at night. And they had MTV version of it for a while. So he's not. It's not tech related. It's just like he's uh, a comedian. He's a com- oh okay. He right. did the Man Show with oh, okay. yeah with the, the guy, guy from, from the Night Show. Now. What's uh, what's his name? Um, like, what's the guy? There's. Do you watch TV? <laughs> Sometimes. <laughs> Kimmel. <laughs> he was Jimmy, Kimmel, yeah. Jimmy Kimmel. He and Jimmy Kimmel did the Man Show. And uh, he he was in Loveline for like eight or ten years with Dr. Drew. You've heard of Dr. Drew? Do you know who he is? I've heard of him. He did like celebrity rehab and all mm-hmm. that kind of stuff. Yeah. yeah. So uh, <laughs> anyway, he makes um, Adam Carolla makes some good. Oh, talking about TV, there was a show I wanted to tell you about that we've started watching recently. Um, this is a teen drama. Justified. Justified. Have you seen that show? Justified. Justified? No. I think you might like it. Yeah. What's it about? Yeah. It's it's Timothy Oliphant, and basically he's like a modern day gunslinger kind uh-huh. of thing. But basically he's he's kind of always in the situation he's saying look you, you probably shouldn't touch a gun because you know if, if, you, if you reach for your gun you're going to be dead right <laughs> anyway yeah. and it's, it's just done really well so it's kind of like clint eastwood-ish yeah but in modern day and it's it's a good good storyline good yeah it's interesting I think there it. are some good shows on yeah. there i mean it's like what boardwalk have you what was it the one you watched oh right? boardwalk empire is very good right yeah if you watch that from beginning that's really really good that's well, hbo though i don't do you have hbo uh, I can't remember. I think we signed. I don't remember if we upgraded to that or not. Yeah. Yeah. Well, then that, if you if you did upgrade to that, then you'll have HBO Go, which is a really really great way to watch it because so you can get it on your iPad, and you can watch the whole series of Boardwalk Empire. Yes, you will be impressed. Or, but he has this amazing TV. Why watch him on the iPad? <laughs> <That's true. laughs> I know. I watch for the kids, right? Like I don't. <laughs> well, they can be they can be watching their thing, and then you can also be watching. I only watch TV. HBO has great programming. I only watch TV. Late at night, I don't watch TV during the day or when the kids are awake. So the, I, I probably the TV nine thirty to like eleven thirty. I might have it on most of the time. It's like background, like I'm reading. So I yeah. Don't know. Well, with HBO, you would have access to True Blood. That's a very good show. True Blood. Yeah. Wait, that's a teen drama. No, no, True Blood isn't. So a you teen must drama. be looking forward to Beautiful Creatures. No, no. Huh? HBO is not doesn't really have teen dramas in that same way. Are you looking forward to Beautiful Creatures? Uh, I don't know. That's a movie. I think that's kind of a similar, like, teen paranormal vi- vampire. I don't know. Well, no, but True, True Blood is not like Twilight. No, oh, it isn't? No, it's, it's like the opposite end of that kind of a concept. What a grim 
Grim is in the middle. Okay, Grim, Grim is Grim is closer to being f- for teens than True Blood is. So True Blood is at the one end where it's very adult. Okay. Uh, Grim is like that can work for teens or for adults, and then obviously Twilight is just for teens. Do you watch Justin Grimm? watch everything. Somebody's gonna sell no, it out I, lo- I, I really like Grim. I really. Do you like, like Grim? Yeah. It looked. I've seen the previews, and I'm like, yeah, that looks like something I yeah, would like. I like Grim and True True Blood. I really like because the characters in True Blood are just really very very awesome. Like they're really outrageous. It's a lot like The Walking Dead in in a kind of character sense. Huh? Yeah. I. Uh, you know, funny. Uh, I was. I had lunch last week with Eric Dreyer. He's the um, guy who runs the STEM education for the Pasadena Education Foundation. You've heard me mention him, I think. And he brought along his um, uh, this uh, woman he's working with, and I can't remember how it came up. We're talking. We were something about like science and sci-fi or this or that, and she said something about Fringe or whatever. She's, I'm like, oh, you watch Fringe? She's like, oh yeah. She's like, I love that. She's like, she's like well, X Files was my all-time favorite. And Lost <laughs> and Fringe. I'm like, exactly. It's <laughs> <laughs> so funny. Um, but yeah, so I'm Walking Dead. I'm getting caught up. I'm in season three now. Now I, I started listening. I told you I started listening to a couple of podcasts. Yeah, the Walking Dead podcast because I need. I have to have podcasts when I'm working. Otherwise, I just get distracted i have to have the background noise and uh but now i'm all caught up like i've i've, I've listened to the podcast both podcasts all the way up to the last most recent episode that i've seen <laughs> <laughs> so it's like i have to watch the show just so i can listen to the podcast just so i can get some work done <laughs> so like so jason why are you staying up to midnight watching walking dead so i get work done tomorrow you gotta understand <laughs> it's complicated it's a knock-on effect it's complicated yeah so let me see if there's anything else. Um, the other thing I would just say to you know that you know from my I would I brought up my secret project, and I'm just uh, I'm just getting burnt out with all my consulting. I have just so much going on. I gotta I gotta I gotta whittle this stuff down because I've just I haven't made any progress in like two weeks, and all my time extra time has been has been pulled in, has been eaten up by Catalyst. Mm-hmm. Just trying to get Catalyst get the technology to a stable point. Yeah, I mean, you're you're already, you know, you make enough with Uber. Um, you yeah. don't need all the other consulting. If if I was you, I would be working on. If, if I had the spare time, I would be working on side projects and Uber. Yeah, you you probably my my secret pro- Uber and my secret project kill everything else. I think that's what that's what I would do. Yeah, I'm kind of I'm thinking about I need to. I, well, th- th- the thing is that as you know, with consulting, you can't necessarily do that, right? Because you've made it a commitment to people. Yeah. Right. I mean, and 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 in a couple cases, it wasn't that I. It wasn't that money wasn't a factor, right? I mean, you always think, wow, that's more money and we could use that. And and I, as I mentioned in the show, I'm trying to make the next year or two is just about making a money run, building a financial cushion so that I don't have that stress anymore. You know, it's like as a consultant, it's nice to know that I got no debt and six months of cash on top of investments so that even if things go bad for a few months, we're fine. Wait, but one question. When you pay, uh, work with Uber, are you on salary or are you on... Um, no, I'm not on you, salary. You're on contract. Right, contract. Yeah, that's interesting. So obviously, I'm on salary with uh, with Digidoo, and I, you know it's a great salary. But what 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 ends up in my bank is like a lot less than that great salary. I'm like, holy crap! They tax the, they tax so much of that. They sure do. That is nuts. They sure do. Yeah, I I I, I the reason I went contract is is supposed to being employed so that I could work on other stuff. Yeah. Right. I mean, if you work at a company, and especially if you're working remote. It's becomes very unclear on like what you're if you're spending time on other stuff was it time that you really owed them or not you don't want any um, any uh, lack of clarity ambiguity with that I didn't I wanted to say like I put in hours I get this stuff done and then whatever I do I do um, now 
obviously none of the stuff that I've done at this point has made a, a ton of money, so <laughs> it doesn't really matter, you know? Um, but, uh, yeah. So, but yeah, I've just been feeling kind of burnt. Just too, too, too much. Too just, much. And way too many projects. I mean, not just coding projects, just everything. Just mm-hmm. like from Catalyst to the podcast to coaching Colby's soccer team to, you know, everything. I mean, just to, the consult, the three, you know, consulting projects I do. It's I think brutal. it's probably time to cut back a bit. Yeah, and uh, I gotta. I'm thinking I gotta figure out how to like see. It's rather than cutting back. I mean, it's gonna be a scale. I gotta scale out of them. Yeah, and then I gotta just use the word no. Like even if someone comes up to me and says, "Hey, you know, we'll pay you a lot of money, and we really just help on this really cool project," I gotta be like, "I'd love to help you, but I can't." <laughs> <laughs> I gotta learn how to do that. But so far, I haven't learned how to do that. Yeah, and so I go, "All right, I could probably fit them." <laughs> a little bit right because you don't want to let people down especially when they really want you to help them out and and they're willing to pay you well it's not like they're like you're having to negotiate you know yeah no i mean i i don't know i couldn't even consider it personally Doing all that stuff yeah yeah because it just i've just noticed it detracts it really detracts from my quality of life when i have too much on my plate like i i can't spend time doing the stuff i want to do and then and then i'm spending too much time working on stuff and not spending enough time with the kids which is bad right mm-hmm. like you know you don't want to be like well i'd love to go do this with you colby but you know no, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna spend all this or i'd love to take the girls to something but i gotta spend the afternoon working on some con- consulting project it's like all right so that's jason's uh, that's it th- that's my lament th- 2013 contractors lament all right well I th- i've got a nice way to end the show okay um, udi what do you think of America? <laughs> oh. It's a it's a great place. It is. Um, now, what do you really think? <laughs> well, I well I don't know. I, as from what I saw, Pasadena is quite different than other places. We've been in Orange County, and it's slightly different. Yeah. So we we went for a drive. Like actually, we've just been working the whole time. Uh, there hasn't. Yeah. Really so all this any, fun stuff you were talking yeah, about doing didn't happen. Didn't happen. But but we the did, marketing. It was marketing. But we did go uh, one day where we drove around for a couple of hours. So I took him up to Glendale. To, 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 to Glendale, Montrose, the down people. <laughs> <laughs> no, but because I, I wanted to show him texture, right? Uh-huh. I wanted to show him the different texture, like that LA wasn't just this one kind of thing. So up in, you know, in Montrose, just under the foothills, uh-huh. and then down into Silver Lake, and then down into the the Hollywood Boulevard, uh-huh. right? So all of those different textures, and um, in Orange County, and Orange County, Went to the right? OC, yeah. So so you got to see a few, the, you know, it's not just it's multi dimensional, right? Yeah. Well, that's, what, well, that's just LA. Like when people come to LA and say I hate LA, I'm like, dude, like where did you go? Like, yeah. I was in Melrose. Well. <laughs> Or I was downtown. I'm like, well, you saw like one very extreme version of LA. Like, yeah. it's so different. Yeah. And uh, yeah, so what you like to? So I like it. You, you can you have everything you need here. No, it's not like something's missing and great people. Um, but I know, like staying here forever and living here, I'm not sure. I think I'll stay in Israel. Yeah. My, I'll, I'll probably grow old in Israel. Are you in Tel Aviv? Which did you? What, which areas did you like and not like in LA that you saw? Uh, well, I, I really like Pasadena. I like uh, Colorado Street. Yeah, Old Town. I like Apple Store. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. It's very, it's different because you don't have many streets like that in Israel. Oh, you know what? What he really liked is uh, the vegan restaurant, Real Food Daily, which is yeah. just next to Wahoo's. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Because I think your Udi is like on the verge of becoming yeah, a vegan. Yeah, I'm on the verge of becoming. And so, and the real food daily is that I, I was telling uh, Udi the story about this. So basically, Dan, Danny DeVito decided to go vegan, right? And he he's like he hired a personal chef, and he was saying, "Look, I, 
I want like hamburgers, but I want the vegan. <laughs> right, right. So he just said, you know, give, make me make me pizza, but but just no no cheese and no no wheat and nothing. Like so he was saying all that. So anyway, so this the personal chef who was working for him, um, I can't remember her name right now. Did she say she he, she came right out of school or something? Something she was like young. that. Right. So so anyway, so she just got really good at making regular stuff but in a vegan way. So she can experiment with trying to make... Yeah. yeah, so then she opened this restaurant, Real Food Daily. So you can go in there, you can get a TV dinner, or you can get a burger. When, yeah, when... Wow, the burger was amazing. <laughs> really? Wow. Right. So so we went in there, and he got the burger, and uh, he, like, I've never seen anyone eat something so fast. Like, he just wolfed this whole thing down. <laughs> and then and then there was, like, some sal- some salad left on the plate. The salad looks pretty nice. I said, I said, oh, what, what do you think of that salad? He goes, he goes, Compared to the burger, it was nothing. <laughs> but that, it's but, that my but, accent. But said, and, then, and then he goes, but compared to other food, it's pretty good. <laughs> no. Great, great imitation of me. Yeah. <laughs> there, there was an element. I, I, could, I, could, I could hear a little bit of Udi in there. That was, no, there, was, there was one time that I, I um, did a, like, an impression of you and you were like, oh, that, you have my accent down pretty well. Yeah, but just not that time there. I, you know, it comes and goes. But anyway, so why it's not working? So the food, <laughs> <laughs> so the oh, and the food that he also really liked was um, in Father Nature. Yeah, Father Nature's good. Yeah, falafel well, salad, salad with salad of hummus. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, that's that's one of my favorites too. Yeah. yeah. So anything, anything other, any other parting thoughts on on uh, your stay in America? How about uh, your your time with Justin and Jason? <laughs> it was great. It was great. Uh, great meeting you both. <laughs> Living with. <laughs> uh, he says that with such well, I, you know like i said you know i i said this when you guys first came i like you know when you stay with somebody for in a few days it starts to get you start i don't care how good of friends you are you start to rub each other the wrong way a little bit right every little thing that somebody does or says he disagrees actually i think he likes me he called me a babe the other day so <laughs> i literally did I well, now it's time to get the hell out i'm telling you right now you know how that like, you like, have you have breached the buffer zone <laughs> you know how like when you're, you're just you know you've spoken to your wife a lot and you call come on babe like that I don't know. Somehow that managed to end up in the. I would have just packed my bags up right then. I started heading to the airport. (laughs) I was so embarrassed. I was so embarrassed. I said, "I said, Udi, just just get out of my sight. I can't even look at you right now because I felt so embarrassed for saying." I think one time I told my goalie I loved him on the phone. Oh, I love you too. uh, (laughs) You know, you're on the phone. You know, you're on the phone with your wife. Like, you just, I love you. You know, that's the last thing I would say. We we say to each other. And I, I can't remember if I did it or I almost did it, but like I'm on the phone with him and I think I think right then I was like, I love you. And then I was like, I hope he didn't hear that. <laughs> I'm not that I don't love you, but you know what I mean. Right? <laughs> I love you like I love, I love my goalie, but that's yeah. it. <laughs> is he a kid? No, no, he was. This is an adult. This is my men's team. You know, I mean, like you got to show your goalies a lot of extra special attention because you know if you don't have a goalie, you're in trouble, right? Goalies are hard to find. Okay, they're like the Node JS developers of football. Yes, you know because like you know <laughs> if you don't have a left halfback, then maybe you just p- push up a left fullback and you put someone's place. So you don't have a goalie, and you're like, hey, can anyone here play goalie? <laughs> I mean, you're in trouble. Yeah. So, uh, well, speaking of that, we are uh, our men's team. We're uh, we've advanced to the semifinals. Did you? Did you? Ankle for well, you tell, we've been, and we're we're undefeated. Huh? Were you playing? Uh, I was. I I tore my uh, hamstring. That's great. Ago, so I'm out. For, yeah, that's great. That's great that he no, 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 it's great that your team did so well. Yeah. No, it's nice. It's 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 uh, it's fun. I mean, 
I wish I was playing, but I won't be able to play for a few more weeks till huh. till I'm totally healed. But uh, that's always something that's nice to just show up. Well, one thing I did is because you know I used to have um, I, I used to bring the uniforms myself. Like what you know, because you'd wash them and make sure you have all of them. Because you know, if you hand t- if you have uniform if you hand uniforms out to the team to your players and they don't like they quit the team move away a lot of times like, it doesn't take very long before all of a sudden you're out of uniforms. And, uh, but our, my team is so stable now that I'm like, all right, guys, like everybody, <laughs> here's your uniform. You wash it, you bring it. I'm done. Like, yeah. I don't want to be in charge of like bringing uniforms and washing and all that crap. In fact, it was more Sandy. She's just like, do you really have to do this? I mean, it's just like, I don't want to wash these. I want these things. So, so now I don't Now It's just kind of like, you know, the decoupling, you know, it's like decoupled software. It's like, hey, everybody's got their own card, get uniform. If I'm out of town, if I'm up in San Francisco. Is Mark on that team? Yeah. Huh, nice. You met Mark. Yeah, yeah. I don't think you know anything that was Richie, but yeah, a lot of the old guard, a lot of the guys who played on uh on my team for years. But uh yeah, it's it's uh fun. So a couple more weeks, hopefully we can win the championship. Bring in home bring home the bring home the uh, what do they call it? The, the silverware. Silverware. Yeah, that's what they call it in Europe. Nice. Yeah. All right, well I guess that's a wrap. I need to go get some uh some lunch. You can go buy me some pollo. <laughs> <laughs> Lucky me. <laughs> All right, that's a wrap. We're out.